you know, as Christians, we have to understand and, and be real with where we are. That's what we have to see first, individually. And what where our mindset is and what we desire. Airing the Addisons. I think what God is really calling us back to, it's those individual personal revivals in our own lives where we're like, oh Lord, what have we done? We have minimized you. Promoting truth, wisdom, and empowerment. As the church, man, we should be on the forefront yes. of making disciples, of indoctrination and godly things. If we don't train our kids, they will not be able to stand. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Aaron the Addisons on American Family Radio. It is um, not Wednesdays with Will or Solo Miki Day. I am. We're doing something unique here. We're broadcasting live from Virginia Beach, Virginia at the Homeschooling with Confidence Conference. And we've been broadcasting for the last three days. And so Will the Great has graciously agreed to step aside to lend his mic for the greater good. Um, to a couple guys here who are joining us for today's show. Um, so it's moms and their sons today. This is it what is. we're doing. Um, Jenny Urich joins us, um, the founder of 1000 Hours Outside the Movement. We're going to talk a little bit about that. We're going to talk about homeschooling, how you come to the decision that you're going to homeschool your kids, what that looks like, how frightening that can be, and then kind of like hopefully stay some of those fears. But then we're also going to talk about the joy and the beauty of incorporating our kids in what we're doing and mm -hmm. seeing that um, become a huge part of how they mature and develop as young adults. It's not just this stale, we're teaching them to read, which is great and exciting, but there's a whole lot more to educating our kids at home than I think most people understand, most people realize. So uh, joining us on stage, on set, and you're listening via radio, you can't see them, but trust us, they are here. You can go to homeschoolingwithconfidence.org if you want. You can register and you can see what is going on behind the scenes as well. So joining me to my right is my firstborn son, JD. JD, many people are familiar with JD. He's been semi-regular on the show. He's not taking my job. So don't worry. He's not taking my job. Uh, but he's been <laughs> semi-regular on the show. JD, would you like to say hello? Hi. You're going to have to get a little bit closer. Hi. See, that's job security for me. Okay. How are you doing today? Good. Good. Thank you so much for joining us. I guess people can hear you. I'm not really sure. I'm not getting a whole lot of sound coming from you as we do live radio. And then joining me to my left is Jenny Urich. Jenny, thank you so much for joining us today. I tell you what, we are so thrilled to be a part of your program. Thank you. What an honor. And your son, your firstborn yes, son, yes, is same. Jackson. Mm -hmm. Jackson, how are you today? I'm great. How are you? I'm how doing well. Yeah, no, it's fine. He's like, you know, this is what I love about kids, right? Yeah. They're always like, can I go a step further? Right. I'm doing well. How are you? But can I can I ask? Yes, you can ask that question. Jenny, why don't you just jump right into the movement that is 1,000 Hours Outside? I think many people would be familiar with that movement. Some people even seeing you on national television talking about right. that movement. What an opportunity to glorify God. So it talk is, a little bit about it that. It is. 1,000 Hours Outside is a movement that was birthed out of our family experience from when my kids were really young and I was struggling as a mom to make it through the day. And a friend told me about Charlotte Mason, who I didn't know anything about, but she uh, gives this challenge for kids to be outside for four to six hours a day whenever the weather's tolerable. She's from the 1800s, turns out, but we tried it and it completely changed our family experience, our family life. I went from drowning to thriving and then over the years just learned um, 
that being in God's creation, it benefits kids in every facet of their development, and it helps us be better parents and be more present. And so I came up with this the idea of, you know, what if we were intentional and we, and we made sure that we were getting this time outside, this time in nature, and um, helping our children and helping us at the same time, and then bringing back balance, sort of reclaiming childhood. The average kid is on um, screens for four to seven hours a day mm. and only outside playing for four to seven minutes. So we've really sort of lost our way and lost our balance, four to seven minutes a day. Four to seven hours spent on devices, yes. typically, and four to seven minutes outside in free play Mm -hmm. you know that's one of those moments jenny where when we hear numbers like that as parents right don't you do this internal check where you try to see where you're falling in that area like okay how many hours am i doing this versus that and then if you're like me you're asking the lord in real time to like help you make the adjustments where they are necessary right did you find that with your kids, some of them responded differently to what was awakened in you for getting... And by the way, how many years have you been doing this? Almost 10. We've been living this way almost 10 years. So it's just, this is what we do. We, it's incorporated. It's the foundation of our homeschool, really, is that we're just making sure that we're getting hands-on real-life moments throughout our year. Um, and it's a simple premise, but it has a profound impact. Okay, you know what I want to do, Jenny? I want to rewind just a little bit here because I was reading some information and I learned that you were a teacher in the public school system. I sure was. Yeah. I sure was. I taught high school math okay. for five years. Yeah. All right. So here's what I want to do for the benefit of our entire audience. I want to talk about how you actually made the shift from being a high school um, teacher to deciding that you were going to school your kids at sure. home. Well, you know, a lot of teachers make the choice to homeschool, and that's a, that's telling, right? Um, I think they see the behind the scenes, and um, for me, on a on a personal level, I didn't have a classroom, and so I was in the hallways of a high school. Uh, between every class, I had to push this cart with all of my things on it and go from open room to open room. Um, so if you spend time in a high school hallway, you, you might not send your kids either. Um, and so then when we had our, uh, when we had Jackson, uh, the, the kindergarten had just swept through our area, uh, full day. And I thought, that's just too long of a time for him to be gone, eight to 445. How am I gonna, you know, be the primary influence? How are, um, how's my husband gonna be the primary influence if he's gone for, for that long of a period of time? And so that was our foray into homeschooling. Did you come from a homes, homeschooling background? Had you been homeschooled? No. Mm -mm. Okay, so this is really important because I think even for parents who are maybe they're in their first year of homeschooling, there is still sort of this questioning that is in their mind. Am I making the right decision? Yes. Can I do this? And so I think that you can really speak to that. Not only have you been doing this successfully, but you don't come from a homeschooling background, which I think some people think you have to have like come from a long line of homeschoolers sure. to be even thinking about doing this. But that wasn't the case right. for you. And sometimes people say, well, you were a teacher. Emotions are horrible generals, but they're great foot soldiers. God has given they're us building the wherewithal. home and a family. And so, um, you know, I think we all are ready for it. Mm -hmm. We all have the skills. We're all equipped. Yeah. I mean, when you think about it, like we don't often consider this, but the things that parents teach their kids all the time, you know, mm -hmm. we're the ones who are teaching them to tie their shoes and to brush yes. their teeth. We're the yes. one teaching them to put on their pajamas and to button their mm -hmm. pants and, and all of these things, zip up jackets. 
we are uniquely designed to meet the needs of the children that the Lord entrusts yes. to us. They learn to speak in our home and they learn to walk and all of those things, you know, uh, in the home environment. That's exactly right. Jackson, let me ask you a question here. Okay, so you are on the receiving end of a tremendous amount of exploration and playtime because of what has kind of been dropped into your mom's lap, like this need for kids to get outside. Yeah. How has that changed the way you learn at home? Well, we do some morning outside. Like, well, like we've taken like our schoolwork and we've gone outside a few times. Like, that's it's always better outside to do that. And then, like, it's not as stressful because, like, our mom, she takes time to, like, do each kid, which really helps. And she's, it's not, like, super, like, stressful for, um, you're doing a great job. You are doing a fantastic yeah. job, Jackson. Let me just tell you. So just talk like it's just us hanging out at my house. Okay, does, it so. f- does it feel like you're just hanging out at her house? <laughs> He's like, all oh, these <laughs> yeah, microphones kind of say something different here. <laughs> You were built for this, Jackson. You go right ahead. So here's what I'm interested in. And the reason I'm asking this question. So I kind of um, do not spend a lot of time outside. So I'm from the city, right? Which is not an excuse, but it is the reason that I do not spend a lot of time outside. I kind of have this thing about like bugs and I, and that's their home. And so I try not to like, <laughs> you know, trespass. You know what I mean? And but but you guys have kind of like got me thinking that maybe I need to do more outside with our kids. Our kids love to be outside. They mm-hmm. love spending time outside, but it's not something that I organize. Do you think kids benefit from having this time organized? We don't really organize, yeah. um, but I think that they really enjoy being with their friends outside. I would say that is probably one of your favorites. Yeah, what would you de- say? Definitely. Yeah. Like mm-hmm. it's way better when you're with your friends you can do like all sorts of things with them um yeah that's what i'd say is and they're super creative they're coming up with something out of nothing they're negotiating they're compromising outside so they really enjoy that you know it's hard to get outside i think it's hard to prioritize it because there are so many other things that vie for our time aren't there as moms and as families and there's all these things that feel really worthwhile but stepping out into god's creation it helps our kids and in all of the ways that they're growing. And so we get a lot, it's like a big bang for our buck, Mm -hmm. you know, and, and we have a goal because it's hard to do. Yeah. We don't have a goal because it's easy. Mm -hmm. We have a goal because it's hard to do and I don't want to miss it. I don't want to miss making those memories and building those um, foundational uh, experiences in our family. That's so good. JD, let me turn to you here. You spend a lot of time outside and I've often questioned why, because you come inside (laughs) all scratched up and beaten up by the elements and I just don't understand why you wouldn't want a climate-controlled environment. (laughs) I love it, Miki. I love it. But you enjoy the adventure. That is the Mm -hmm. way that God has designed you. Talk a little bit about why you enjoy spending so much time outside. I think it's a great way not only to uh, get exercise, but it's also really fun. Sometimes there are days I don't feel like this, but then other days I do. I feel like there's a lot more you can do outside than inside with all the things that outside has to provide. Like, it has nature. Sometimes I like to go out with my friend and, like, do nature hikes, and we have a little hideout in the forest. And I think it's great for your imagination when you're not using devices and you're just outside with your friends and making up your own games. Do you feel a difference in your mind and the way you think? Is there more clarity the more time you spend outside? I think the more time I spend outside, I think my imagination gets better than when I get back on devices. It's not It's not like it's bad, but it's like, you know, it's not as, I'm not using it as much as I am when I'm, you know, like outside with my friends. 
Is this something that you hear routinely, Jenny, from yes. kids when you talk about yes. them spending more time outside? You know, they. Um, I've read that it can take up to 45 minutes for kids to develop a play scheme. So sometimes we have to kind of wait through that time. It can take up to 45 minutes for them to sort of figure out what they're going to do to enter into that imaginative space. Um, and then their brain is just fully functioning. And, you know, sometimes when they're on screens, the even the light, that radiant light, it, it kind of tends to shut the brain down. So I like what he said. He's right on. Mm-hmm. That's what the, He's repeating what the science says. How do you incorporate your kids into the whole of what you're doing? Because when we talk about educating our kids at home, I think what people immediately think about would be the academic side of educating kids at home. And, and not for me, those who are joining us via Zoom, like, is that what you think about? When you think about homeschool, do you usually think about the academics of it? You think about getting through all of your subjects. But what we are actually doing is shaping the entirety of a person. Like we are growing these people who are going to go out into society and hopefully make a positive um, contribution. How do you incorporate your kids so that you are growing the whole person? Well, this is a new thing for us, actually. And, um, you know, about eight years ago, I started writing about our outdoor time uh, just because it had changed my life as a mother, you know, and I thought, well, maybe this could give hope to other mothers who feel like they're drowning, who feel like they can't make it through the day. You know, we went outside and um, following the Charlotte Mason advice and uh, we went for four hours to a park with a friend and it changed my life one day, Miki, because the kids just played and I was able to get a breath um, and then learning all that it does for the kids and for myself has just been phenomenal. But um, I started writing about it and and at the time, all my kids were really young and it was really detracting from our family a little bit. And I had read that as a mom, you can do everything, just not all at the same time. Mm-hmm. And so I, I kind of pulled back from it. But as our kids got older, um, we were looking for a way to incorporate them into real adult work. Mm-hmm. And I had this little thing on the side and I thought, well, you know, if I, if I really put a little more intention in it, then, you know, then my kids can join in. You know, they can help pick T-shirt colors. And um, Jackson has helped um, me design the logo colors. And, you know, they can they can maybe uh, join in on an email or a phone call or come to a conference or sit up here and be on a radio program when we've been on the radio before um, or be on the news. You know, he's been on the news. And, um, and so I was really influenced by other people who are including kids in real life you know, whether it's whether it's actual work or it's just work in the home, this is so beneficial for kids to have these experiences. You know, we're going to grab the break here. When we come back on the other side of the break, I want to talk about the spiritual development of our kids as we educate them at home. How do we see God shaping their character and how do we get to be a part of that? This is Erin the Addisons on American Family Radio. We are broadcasting live from the Homeschooling with Confidence Conference in Virginia Beach, Virginia, We'll take a break and we'll be right back. Who sees lightning bolts and tell them where they should go? Or see heavenly storehouses laden with snow? Welcome back to Aaron the Addisons on American Family Radio. We are broadcasting live from Virginia Beach, Virginia at the Homeschooling with Confidence Conference where during the break, I hope that you are registered and I hope that you're watching wherever you are. If you can, during the break, I was tasked with giving away four tickets to the Ark Encounter and the Creation Museum for those who are watching via Zoom and we've already pegged them, we already know how we're going to pick the winner here. 
But I just want you to know that this is the opportunity that you have when you register for the Homeschooling with Confidence Conference, an opportunity to win four tickets to the Ark Encounter and the Creation Museum. And then if you're watching this conference here via Zoom, which is like Zoom on steroids, what we're doing here. I don't know even how this all works, but it's amazing. Uh, the reason we're doing that is because Ken Ham is presenting tonight live from the Ark Encounter. Ooh. So you have an opportunity to go to homeschoolingwithconfidence.org, get registered, get signed up so that you can hear that and get that wealth of knowledge and wisdom. And then um, on the other side of this break, we're going to pick a winner of those four tickets for those who are already participating in this conference. All right. Jenny Urich joins us, Jenny and her son, Jackson. And I am here with my son, J.D., Feel a little bit outnumbered so with the fun. just sounds in the yeah. name. <laughs> I thought um, about that. <laughs> <laughs> we educate our kids at home, and uh, we're talking about the benefits of that. Um, the encouragement is that we must do what the Lord is calling us to do. Mm -hmm. um, in light of what we see going on in the culture, in light of what we see happening, um, God has called us to do some extraordinary things for the time that we're living in. One of the things I think we have to do, Jenny, is I think we have to fortify our kids. We mm -hmm. have to build strong kids, resilient kids, um, kids who are unapologetic about the truth. Right. They have compassion. They have love. But they understand that truth does not have to be compromised for those things. Mm -hmm. So I'm wondering what your um, schooling environment looks like at home as it pertains to discipleship and training your kids in the things of God. You know, um, this actually ties in really well with 1,000 Hours Outside, and I've actually been learning about this over the past couple years. I read a really cool book called The Marvelous Pigness of Pigs. Is that a title? <laughs> it's by a farmer, Joel Salantin. And, um, you know, he was talking about this, and, and sort of my experience over the last couple years is that when you're out in God's creation, his creation mirrors spiritual principles and mm -hmm. spiritual laws, and that there's so many things that we can teach our kids hands-on, you know, you know, I think probably one of the most important things that we can know in life is that we reap what we sow. Mm. We cannot get around that, right? And you cannot put in, you know, this type of a seed. Uh, you can't put in the bean seed and get a sunflower. Mm -hmm. It's not going to happen. Mm -hmm. And so when we're living in this hands-on way, we have all these opportunities. You know, in Deuteronomy, I told the story uh, earlier, but... I remember reading Deuteronomy when I, when I was a child, and it said, you know, teach your kids diligently. Teach them when you lie down, and teach them when you rise up, and teach them when you walk by the way. And I thought, well, that sounds boring, <laughs> right? You know, as young, I'm like, how do you how do you do that? But, you know, then I we get outside, and I think, well, my goodness, you know, we can look at the variety that God has in our world and say, well, it's okay that you're different than your brother. Mm -hmm. It's okay that you're different than your friend. You know, look at how God made his world and we can see all these spiritual principles of redemption and perseverance and love, you know, and um, what a thing that God gave us, mm -hmm. right? That his creation, you know, that, you know, that when an egg hatches, it is a completely new creation. Mm -hmm. They say there's things that are there that weren't there to begin with. In 21 days, you watch this, you know, this egg, it forms into a chick it's completely new and we, and we can talk about how that mm -hmm. relates to God's principles and so um, I I love that I love yeah. that sort of hands-on discipleship I am the vine you are the branches mm -hmm. apart from me you do nothing or you throw some seeds onto the rocky so soil good, it's not gonna grow yeah you know and so and so this to me is the walk by the way yeah this is how we talk about it when we rise when you know when we rise and when we lie down because it's all around us that's exactly right man that is so encouraging because I think of 
Like even there are parents who are wondering, how do we fill the day and make sure that we are centering the gospel for our kids? You know, because sometimes we can get so caught up in what we're doing, right? Mm -hmm. We think that this is the thing that has to be the focus. But if we understand that God enables us to weave the truth of the gospel into every aspect of what we're doing, then it really does change what we're doing. JD, I wanna, I wanna ask you a few questions here. You know, we talk a lot about homeschooling and you know, in our family, discipleship is huge. Um, being trained in your faith to be able to defend your faith. How do you feel like that's going? Now, I'm going to put you on the spot here. All right, are you guys ready? Here I am. I am a homeschooling mom. My son is here, and I'm going to put him on the spot. Now, listen to me, guys. This could go really wrong, okay? Because I'm about to ask him to tell me how he thinks I'm doing discipling him and training him in the things of God. And not just me. Will the great as well. So this could go wrong for both of us, okay? We have not prescripted his answer. We do not know what he is going to say, all right? We could both be out of jobs. I don't know. <laughs> as teachers, I don't know. So if you had to explain how you feel, your discipleship, your training in godliness and righteousness, how you think it's going, no pressure, but I know where you live, what would you say right now, JD? How do you feel this is going for you? Does my answer change the future for me? Does your answer change the future for you? Everyone's laughing. They love it. Let me just put it this way. Give the right one, son. Give the right one. It's the right one. <laughs> it's the one that the Lord's putting on your heart, son. Go ahead. Uh, <laughs> no, I'm kidding. Now, look, I put a lot of pressure on you, and that's a joke. JD and I have a great relationship. He's actually a little bit of a jokester. But I am curious to know about what it is that you're reading right now in the Bible and how you feel like it's changing and affecting your life. If you could just share a little bit of encouragement, um, because one huge aspect about what we do at home is that you get to spend time being trained and studying in the Word of God. So can you share anything? Um, what I've been reading, uh, what I have just finished reading, I just finished reading in First and Second Peter, and something that really stuck out to me was it was talking about the um, in like the end days, and how it was talking about how there's uh, fire stored up for like the end days and for punishment. And I'm just thinking, man, could we've been reading this book by J.I. Packer, Knowing God, and I'm just thinking about how it points to God because we watched this video before, uh, maybe a year before that, yeah, before yeah. I read in this. And it was talking about how the there's fire actually in the core. And then this one scientist, they were secular, they weren't Christians. And they, they were, were talking Christians. about how, like, yeah, it's, it's almost like it's stored up for some, some great event. If something would happen, it would blow up. And I'm like, wow. all of this is, they, like, they don't know that they're doing it, they're, but they're proving God. Yeah. And that's something that I've, I've been reading. I finished that, and now I'm reading in Daniel. So I just want to highlight something here, because so often we think that we have to make what we teach as far as academically speaking, make those things mutually exclusive from when we are teaching our kids the truth about the character and the nature of God. So when we are teaching geology, right, and we're talking about earth science, I showed them this video that talked about the fire stored up in the earth's core. And there were a group of scientists who were not Christians. They did not fear God. They didn't care what God thought about what they were doing. And these scientists talked about the fire stored up in the core of the earth that they have uncovered. And one of the geologists said, it's almost as if the earth is storing up this fire for later use somehow that it will just, there will be this massive. And so then our kids are reading in Peter 
And where Peter says, just as the earth was stored up, the water was stored up, and they were so in the last days, this fire will be stored up. And so my kids were able to make this connection that, wait a second, even these people who don't fear God are confirming that God exists, that there is some proof in the earth for what is written in the word of God. Jenny, this is the benefit that we have when we educate our kids at home. It sure is. It sure is. I was talking earlier about the Apologia curriculum which we love. And it's so cool that Jeannie is here this weekend and to meet her. And she wrote those books and, you know, and she has woven through each of the books in the elementary curriculum, creation confirmations, Mm -hmm. you know, and there's so many of them. And the one I talked about earlier is the one that kind of comes to my mind. Um, happened last year. Actually, I didn't finish the story, but, um, remember we had those cowbird eggs. Do you remember the funny story about the cowbird eggs? You can tell the story about that in a minute. But, um, you know, I'd never seen a cowbird egg. I didn't know what a cowbird egg was, but we had gotten this nest down um, that was on our porch. And there's, you know, these cute little blue eggs and then this big brown one. And it's a cowbird egg and it's a parasitic bird. And they they pull the egg out from the from the mom's nest and they lay theirs and they let the other mom hatch and lay their baby Mm -hmm. and then nurture the baby. And then when the baby uh, flies the nest, it returns to the cowbirds. You know, this was the creation confirmation. How could it know which family to return yes, to? It was yes. raised by this other mother. And so, um, but do you want to, do you want to, uh, fill in the story about? So we were fascinated, right? About just learning these things of the Lord. And it's just right on our patio. And this is the one that was in yeah, like the, yes. Like yeah, okay. Jackson's going to finish the story because this okay, is what I'm happened. Ready. So that's the one. Yeah. Okay. So this, I don't know how long ago this was, but it was, I think it was last summer. Yeah, it was last summer. So, we have these pots with like plants in them that are hanging on our porch. So that's where I the think, nest was built. Was in this pot. I think it was my sister. She noticed that there was like a bird's nest in there, and we got it down to look in it. And then my mom was like trying to get a photo. So of I'm so excited about these cowbirds, and right? Then she drops the phone and breaks like all the eggs. <laughs> oh, Everyone geez. was so mad at me. Oh, <laughs> it was it was a learning experience gone poorly, <laughs> but memorable. Yes. So, so how how did you guys fall forward after that? Like, how do you keep going? Well, we have found more cowbird eggs since then. They they tend to lay them a lot. So, so whoops. What do you, are you looking for? Everybody's reactions. Yes, kind of. They're like, oh, that mother. You know, before we went tragic. to the break, tragic. Before we went to the break, we were talking about um, some of the life skills that we try to instill in our kids, and mm-hmm. I want to toggle back to that. What do you see developing in your children as you look at them because of the time that you get to spend with them, because of being intentional? What are some of the skills you see developing in them? Maybe some of the um, the aspects of their character that you marvel at and you say, man, you know, God is going to use that. And maybe in some yes. ways he's already using that. You know, we really focus in on, um, and we've tried to, this is something I've learned over the past few years about just trying to um, dive into their their own passions, the passions that God has given them. So Jackson is really good at video editing. Um, it's something he's really interested in and and something that he can use for the Lord and and something he's learning about, super interested in. You know, and everyone has these different interests. I've got one, you know, one that's really interested in geology and um, interested in guitar, one that's a singer. And so we get to take these things and help them um, craft it for the Lord and, and just um, learn in a multidisciplinary way all of the things that sort of come alongside that. And I think that's one of the huge benefits about time. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Time and, and being able to notice and being able to 
um, help them pursue those things. Jackson, how do you feel about the way you spend your days? Do you enjoy the way that you are learning at home? And I know that sometimes this can be a tough question if you don't have a different point of reference, but I'm just asking, how do you enjoy the way you are being educated? I think it's really great. Um, I love- he has a little frame of reference because one time, Miki, we did a full day of school because everyone was always complaining about how much, you know, worksheets they had to do or math work. So I said, we're going to do it all day long. Oh. And, so, and so he has a little bit of a frame. Did you love that? Not really. <laughs> like, no. Do you like having some of your own time? Do you like having time to explore oh, yeah. your own interests? Yeah. Um, he's a huge reader and a writer. Um, he's just got a lot of great skills. He's super helpful in our family. Strong. We have these strong sons, yeah. don't we? Yeah. He absolutely. helped us move. The last time we moved, it was two years ago. And I tell you what, man, we couldn't have done it without him. What That's a kid. huge, Jackson. Yeah, he's got that some muscles. Huge. Look, everyone can see. You got your muscles. JD, how do you see um, your interests developing and taking shape? Um, and I, I don't want to necessarily say specifically as a homeschooler, but just in your studies and the things that you're learning and being exposed to, are there any special interests that you see kind of growing in your heart um, that you think may be later passions that you would like to develop? Hmm. That's a good question. There have been a few things like through my life that, that I've been wanting to do a lot of things in my life. Like when I was really little, I wanted to be a police and a fireman, then an astronaut and all of that. But then it but then it's like, you know, you have to, eventually there's going to have to be something that you're going to do. Mm-hmm. So I haven't really been set on one thing yet. There's still something cycling through my, through my mind, but I know I can't do everything, but you know. What do you enjoy reading about? What intellectually um, kind of grabs you that you feel like, man, I can't get enough of this type of information? The two things are probably science fiction and history. Yeah. I like reading about like um, the founding fathers and stuff like that. And science fiction. Do you like to do you like to lead the topics of of what you're learning, or do you like to have someone say, "Hey, this is what we're learning today," and then go do that? Um, like, do you mean like? Do you like Do you like to decide and say, "Hey, I'd like to learn this subject," and then you go explore it, or do you like having someone say, "Hey, this is what you're going to learn today," and then open your book to this page? You like leading? No, not you. You like leading? You don't like being told what to do? No, it depends on what it is. Oh, okay. (laughs) Do you know Do you know this cool verse uh, in Proverbs? And it says, "He's a diplomat." It says, "Go to the ant, you sluggard," Uh and it says. Uh, who has no overseer or chief knows to gather the food. Mm. And so, I mean, I think that these kids, when they're able to be their own chief, you know, when they're able to figure out what to do and they're able to manage their time, mm-hmm. you know, that is a skill. And also that's something we can talk to our kids about when we see the ants. Ants are everywhere, Absolutely. even in the house. If, if you know, if you don't want to go outside, <laughs> you can talk about the ants that come into the home every once in a while. That are marching across yes, the yes, yes. What about you, Jackson? What are some of your interests? What do you see develop and growing, um, developing and growing as a passion of yours, something that you really enjoy? Well, as you said, I really like editing. I like reading, writing. Um, one thing I like doing, and I don't think I'd ever do it in like, like a way as a job. I don't, I don't think I would, but like, I like sports, some sports. Yeah. I like football. And I kind of like basketball. Mm-hmm. Now, um, let me ask you a question because I know um, <clears throat> very, very little about football. All right. So I'm going to ask you a question in like Miki language. It's probably not the technical way to ask the question. 
do you like pushing people over or do you like blocking for people or do like I'm trying to ask what position you would like to play in football but I don't know what they are so I actually only learned how to play football a few months ago so they play a bunch of pickup games you know really and and pickup sports are actually really really good for kids because it's always a different amount of players it's there's not a chief or overseer so they're having do you remember doing that as a kid we did that as a kid no okay okay all right sorry all right no all right you're inside we're just gonna we're just gonna go into my refrigerator and look at all my expired food okay no I didn't play sports growing up well I didn't we got there but we had we had a base we're going to break we're gonna go to break and we'll come right back Hey, for all of our online participants, stay right there. You're about to win four tickets. We'll be right back. Oh, my God, it's a miracle. I hear you speaking to me, Lord. It's a stereo. I'm trying to change, and I know I got a ways to go. New things, new things, got to let it go. I see the past looking at me. I'm like, next. I can't do it. I'm like, next. I've been through it. I'm like, next. Welcome back to Aaron the Addison's on American Family Radio, where we are broadcasting live from the Homeschooling with Confidence conference in Virginia Beach, Virginia. And we are so excited uh, during the break for all of the participants, all of the conference participants, which, again, I cannot stress enough that this is the first time I've ever seen anything executed like this, where the conference participants are truly live and direct and we can see you guys. Like, truly see you interacting with you. Hey, Kimberly, smiling at these people. She's giving thumbs up. I love it. In room five. This is this is incredible. I'm really enjoying this. Later tonight, Ken Ham will be uh, joining us live from the Ark Encounter. Uh, by the way, during the break, now I'm saying this for our listening audience, uh, if you're not registered for this conference, during the break for all of the conference uh, attendees, we gave away what was supposed to be four tickets to the Ark Encounter Creation Museum but Jenny Urich over here was like, oh, uh-uh, we're giving away some more. So she and Jackson were like, hey, we want to send some people to the Ark Encounter Creation Museum. So two sets of tickets given away so today. Fun. Homeschoolingwithconfidence.org. You can see what's going on here if you go to that website. All right, Jenny. So one of the things that's really huge, we talk about incorporating our kids, making sure that we are teaching the whole person. How important is it this summer for parents to do something that is deep, and theological and spiritual with their kids, namely, play with them. Oh, I <laughs> how, love How do they that. do that this summer? You know, um, it's such a thing. Like, you know, when God says his yoke is easy and his burden is light, that we make this harder than it needs to be, I think. You know, we just need to be with our kids and play with them. And he is giving to us right in our lap just ways to teach them, ways to relate with them, ways to help them grow individually, you know, the way that God um, has has meant them to be. So I think summer is meant for play. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. That counts as learning, doesn't it? It does count mm-hmm. as learning. You know, and this is something that I kind of want to unpack with you. You know, we've got our boys here, and I think that if we allowed them to just kind of sit and talk um, with, without us just kind of like, you know, scrutinizing what they're talking about. <laughs> they would have lots of stories to share about them doing the intense learning, but then also having those moments where they can come down and then kind of live out what they have learned. But so often as parents, we kind of feel like if we're not intense, mm. then we're not being successful. What's the remedy to that? You know, I think it's the opposite that that's actually true. And, you know, the, the research really shows that child-led learning um, is so powerful. You know, when we sort of step back and, and we help their environment, that's how it works in nature. I can't make a flower grow, can I? 
I can put the seed in. Mm-hmm. I can try and water it. I can make sure it doesn't get too hot. I can try and keep the birds and the squirrels away, but I can't make that grow. You know, the, the seed grows on its own. So I am sort of like this, the gardener, you know, as opposed to a carpenter or as opposed to someone who's creating. I'm, I'm not turning him into anything. He's growing into the person that he's meant to be, that God created him to be. And I'm just trying to not mess it up. <laughs> Man, you know, okay, so that, that's one of those things where I think parents really struggle. Mm-hmm. Because that is our fear. That is our concern. We don't want to mess it up. Right. But I think understanding that play and engaging our kids, and as you have pointed out and drawn the attention of so many people around the world, right, that having our kids outside really helps with their development. Yes, and it helps with every single part of their development and it helps their cognition you know it helps them feel better it helps all of us feel better and so I think it's a little easier than we thought it, it's humbling it's it's humbling to know that he has learned so many things on his own without me without my help without my direction you know and um, kids bring so much to the table they learn for mastery don't they mm-hmm, it's really absolutely. it's really miraculous and so um, it's such a privilege to be a, have a front row seat I want rewind here for a second because you um, taught earlier for the conference um, exploring the thought that many parents have when they're educating their kids at home, this feeling and this fear that they're not doing it right. Mm -hmm. And a lot of times there's a lot of self-comparison, like comparing ourselves among ourselves, which the Bible says is not wise, but we do it all the time. What is the remedy, even for, for our parents who are dialed in because they're homeschooling? I know that some people are joining us because they're thinking about homeschooling. They've not taken the plunge. They've not set their hearts to do it, but they're leaning in that direction. But the fear is that they're not going to be able to do it the way that it was traditionally done for them. How do you respond to that? Well, you know, the traditional way is actually a very new way. That is the experiment. That, to me, is the risk, right? That for Hmm. generations and generations, we learned as a family, we learned in community, we learned from our grandparents, you know, we learned from the people around us. And so this assembly line approach is very new. And the research is very clear that kids grow and learn the best at home. Uh, They learn the best in their family environment. And so, um, you know, I think if you take a step back and and you have time to read, you know, what people have already put time into researching, it gives you that confidence to know that you are the best teacher for your child, hands down, that God will give you what you need on a daily basis. That's another good hands-on, the daily bread, right? Mm -hmm. Can we make bread in our homes? Can we make some bagels, you know, and taste how they're delicious? My kids are like, can you make bagels for every holiday? You know, I mean, you know, like, they kind of, you know, like, no, I can't, but I would like to, but they taste so good. But then the next day they don't taste very good. So, you know, just this daily dependence on God, he's going to give us what we need. And, and we're crafting a beautiful family of our own. Can we talk practically here for a moment? Like, you know, because I, I know that um, one of the major types of emails that we get uh, in response to the show, because we talk a lot about the fact that we educate our kids at home. We talk about culture proofing our kids, the reason that we did that. I even gave the presentation earlier. We were talking about culture proofing and the importance of that. Um, but the question that we often get, Jenny, is how do different family types do that? So if you've got a mom who is working or maybe you have mm-hmm. a single dad And they say, you know, or he says, I see what's going on in the culture, but here I am and I love my kids and I don't want my kids to be lost. I don't want my kids to be indoctrinated. And when I say lost, I don't mean eternally, but I mean to get swallowed up by what is culturally normative today. 
right? That's what mm-hmm. I mean when I say that. And so the dad would say, so how do I do that? I've got to work. Right. And I don't know how I'm going to... What comfort or what encouragement do you offer to that family structure? You know, I learned at a young age that God's word is full of promises and it's full of what we need. And I think, you know, everyone comes to the table with a different situation, a different set of challenges, a different um, set of things that could push them back. And God has individual wisdom for us, doesn't he? Mm -hmm. And he says he will give it liberally. And I think sometimes we can't go to someone and say, this is what you should do. But we can say, God knows what you should do. God has an answer for you. That is so good. I want to stay here for a second, okay? Because Mm -hmm. this is a big opportunity that we have, right? To be able to communicate with love and compassion Mm -hmm. um, for people who have needs, people who have strong desires to educate their kids at home, but they feel like their family structure prohibits that. Mm -hmm. We can offer that encouragement. Now, what we commonly call co-ops, right? Mm -hmm. Sometimes are set up where still you've got to have a certain type of family structure. Mm -hmm. How do we navigate that where as a community of believers, we come alongside one another? Have you benefited from other people who were doing something, maybe engaging in activities where you said, hey guys, you know what? Our families, we're going to get together and we're going to do this together. Is there a way for the body of Christ, the community of God to get together and help one another. Amen. And that's how it should be, shouldn't it? Yeah. I mean, we have such an awesome homeschool community, don't we? We have our friends that we get together with on a weekly basis and, and we do things together and we bring meals and, um, you know, we live in community, but I think that is such an opportunity for the church at large to join in that battle because we are losing our children. And so for the church to come in and to provide resources, to provide uh, a place to meet, you know, if for, for pastors out there, if your church is providing rooms for homeschool families, you are doing a great work because our homeschool or families are salt and light, aren't they? They this are changing. Awesome. They are yes. changing the world. And so I just want to encourage you pastors and your and your families, if you are allowing those things, if you're helping the single families in your church, I know HSLDA does that. They yes. help single families and help single parent families and help them get curriculum and help them get the resources. This is what we should do as community. Okay. So I, look, I want to spend some time here because we've got so many um, churches and houses of worship that sit empty routinely. Mm-hmm. And we've got families that are hurting that are saying, you know, how can I do this? If I had just a little bit of help, I'm willing to do this. I love that strong encouragement that Mm -hmm. you just issued there for pastors, right? Mm -hmm. Like, how do we kind of rally together and say, um, we're going to organize this day or that day where we say we're going to bring families in and maybe we bring in an instructor. Maybe we bring in someone who is gifted in this area to do this. Have you observed, and not to make this a conversation that becomes you know, us against the world. But have you observed that the world seems to understand the power of community and the church seems to ignore it? They're they're getting their message out there, aren't they? They are furthering their message. And so we can do the same thing can't we? We can do the same thing if we band together. And I think we have to view homeschooling as a salt and light ministry or mission or whatever you would call that. You know, I think there's some misconceptions there, right? Mm -hmm. That we send our children by themselves, unequipped as a third grader into the world, you know, to minister. And and the numbers are not coming back that that is working. Mm -hmm. You know, it's very clear. But you know what we're doing? We're out as a family and people say, 
I wish I was your kid. Mm. Or why are your kids, be- I mean, they're great kids. Mm-hmm. They're behaving so well. I love them. I love that they're going to be teenagers. We're enjoying And people say, well, why? And then I can say, well, you know, we've decided to home educate because God says, parents, you know, raise your children. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and it gives you an opportunity to minister as a family unit. And I think that, you know, if the church at large just realizes how powerful that is, you know, that we could all come together and really be a force for good using the resources. And, you know, there's a church on every corner Mm -hmm. in a lot of places, you know. Let's talk about the movement here before we run out of time. Um, 1,000 hours outside. Mm -hmm. So the Lord has really used this to draw people from all around the world and to pique their interest and to get them outside with their kids. Do you see this almost as sort of a stealth mission that you are opening people's hearts and minds maybe to a message that they didn't expect? I think there's so there's so much to it, Miki. There's so much to it. You know, um, you know, there's the verses that say, you know, we cannot deny God's creation. Mm-hmm. So, you know, we're getting families in God's creation. We're slowing down. We're spending time together. You know, a lot of people say that my favorite feedback is they say, I would have missed this moment if not for this movement or this challenge. And so there's so much there about slowing down, about, um, you know, enjoying these early years, not letting them fly by. And then, of course, just um, observing the heavens, yeah, observing the birds. You yeah, know? because the Bible teaches us that it declares the glory of yes. God. Yes. And so I cannot help but imagine that when you've got people from around the globe, mm-hmm. okay, I mean, it's, it's, it's a worldwide movement yeah. that parents are taking their kids outside and glory to God. But I cannot help but imagine that around the world, when you have parents who are stepping outside and looking up at what God has created, when God says, if you want to know what I'm like, mm-hmm. consider the heavens, look yes. up. And you've got parents who are doing this. Yes. I cannot help but imagine that the Lord is using that and mm-hmm. using that to advance and grow the kingdom. Yeah. Let me ask you this, Jenny. And I know our boys are sitting here and they're probably like, any more questions for us? Right, I know. I know. Yeah. yeah we have more bored. questions for you. I, I should have gone swimming. But- <laughs> <laughs> so so let me just ask you this. What is your hope for your children? My hope for our children is eternal life. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. To put it simply, that's what we yeah. want. Our hope is that we will get the gospel to our kids yeah. intact the way that the gospel got to us, yes. right? That they will yes. not be Christian in word, but live yes. as if they are a- yes. atheists. And then that they will go out in the world and they will take their courage and that they will impact others. Yeah. In the way that God has designed them to. Jackson, do you feel like in the context that you're being educated in, you're able to have a clear um, presentation of the gospel to understand the sacrifice of Jesus Christ? Yeah, I think I have a good like understanding on how everything is like in that respect. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. No, that's and that's powerful. That's so important, JD. I'll ask you the same question. Do you feel like you're able to have um, a clear presentation and a clear understanding of the gospel uh, to the point where you feel like you're able to defend what you believe and express why you believe it? Yeah, I think homeschooling has really helped me with that because being at home so much, you hear it so the gospel so plainly laid out so many times that you feel like so equipped to go share it with others. So I'd say, yeah. What do you think about um, encountering the skeptics? You know, I know we send you out, you're playing in the neighborhood a lot, and you encounter friends who both know and do not know Jesus, and they have all kinds of reasons why they believe or don't believe or think they believe, and you're going to encounter skeptics in your life. There are a lot of cultural things happening 
Do you feel like you have enough information and that you're convinced in your heart of the truth enough that you could take a stand for Christ in your generation? I know I am. I am. You know you Love are. That. Son, listen, all right? I don't know what it is that you want. Do I get cookies one more time? Do you get cookies? <laughs> cookies. <laughs> cookies, guys. That's, do kid. I get cookies? You get cookies. Okay. Listen, my encouragement to parents is to take our role and our responsibilities seriously. God has entrusted our kids to us. He intends for us to raise those kids for his glory. We can do that. And whether that's investing in them and getting them outside, getting them moving, getting them to see God in all that he has created, or whether that's training them if they are, as Dr. Kathy would say, logic smart, feeding their brain and feeding their understanding, but making them ready to stand in the generation that they're living in, we must do this. Thank you so much for listening to Aaron the Addisons on American Family Radio. We are out of time until Monday. Lord willing, God bless. The views and opinions expressed in this broadcast may not necessarily reflect those of the American Family Association or American Family Radio.